The accounts payable process from a best practice standpoint should start with the setup of a new vendor or a new supplier. But when you look at what should happen versus what actually happens, it's sometimes not exactly the same. In this episode, as I do in my book, 127 Best Practices for Accounts Payable, we'll discuss the best, the almost best, and the worst practice for setting up a new vendor in the master vendor file or the vendor master file, whichever way you call it. Make sure you stick around until the end when we reveal what the worst practice is, which regrettably is still in use in many, many companies. And then we'll explain why this is so bad and how it can cost your organization literally millions of dollars. Hey guys, I'm Mary Schaefer, founder of AP Now, the place where we curate the latest business intelligence for those who work in, manage, or have responsibility for the accounts payable and or payment function. So let's dive right in and let's start off with what should be the best practice for when you should set up a new vendor in the master vendor file. In the ideal world, the vendor is set up, the supplier is set up, before the first purchase order is issued. That's right, before the first purchase order is issued. The vendor information is submitted. The person who's responsible for the master vendor file sets the vendor up. Any verifications that need to be done, and there should be a few, are done. The information on the W-9, which you got and should be part of your new vendor setup, is given to whoever is responsible for running the information through IRS TIN matching. It's run through. If there's a match, you're good to go. If there's not a match between the name and the TIN, then you go back to the supplier and you get it set up. This is in the ideal world, okay? And the benefit of this is you don't get involved with something that you shouldn't get involved in, number one. And number two, before you've got that first purchase order issued, the vendor is really interested and willing to do what you want. Once you've issued the purchase order, they've sent the goods and the invoice is sent, they're likely to be less cooperative, especially if the transaction hasn't gone as well as it should. Okay, and this does happen in some organizations, but basically I call this Mary's ideal world, and most of us don't live in that world, okay? So then we come down to the almost best practice for vendor setup when it should occur, or what I call the reality. In most organizations, the accounts payable department finds out they have a new vendor when the invoice shows up. Okay. And at that point, they have to hurry. They have to get the vendor set up and go through all the verifications that they normally do, including getting the W-9 and making sure that the name TIN matches. They should do this. The vendor should be completely set up and all the verifications done before the payment is made. Because before the payment is made, once again, the accounts payable department and the company, the customer, that's you, is in the driver's seat. Once you make the payment, if you're not doing any more business with the vendor or if the transaction didn't go well, the vendor is going to be less willing to work with you to get whatever information you need. And this becomes critical, as I'm sure many of you realize, around January when you're trying to get those awful 1099s out. Okay. That's best practice and almost best practice. Most organizations or many organizations fall into one of these two categories, but not everybody. When I say not everybody, I don't mean just a few people don't. Quite a few people don't. 
Now, before we get to the worst practice, which, by the way, can facilitate fraud and create huge losses for your company, if you like this episode, please give us a thumbs up. And if you loved it, please subscribe. And by the way, the subscribe button might be red or it might be white. YouTube made that change recently. We produce new content for the channel three times a week. Tuesdays and Thursdays are devoted to payment and accounts payable issues, and Saturdays are reserved for Wordle. Your thumbs up and comments help us as YouTube takes this as a signal to distribute the video to more viewers. And so we really appreciate everyone who has taken the time to just hit that thumbs up button. Okay, worst practice for setting up a new vendor. And as I said, it happens more often than I'd like to admit. What happens is the processor is processing the invoices, just as discussed in the almost best practice, and an invoice shows up. And the processor thinks that they don't find it in the master vendor file. So what do they do? Instead of sending it off to the separate group that hopefully you have set up for master vendor file, they set it up themselves. That's right. The processor goes in and sets up a new vendor. As an aside, they also do this when there's a new address, a change of address, or other things. Okay, that might seem like it makes a lot of sense from an operational standpoint, but I'm giving the big X, okay? No, don't do that. That's a really bad practice. Why? For starters, you don't have appropriate separation of duties. So what this means is that that processor can set up vendors and can process invoices, and they are well on their way if they were so inclined to facilitate fraud. This is also how you get duplicate vendors in the master vendor file. Why is that? Is because the processor may or may not follow the rigid coding standards that you've set up for setting up new vendors. And if they just deviate even the slightest bit, it may turn out that that vendor who they thought wasn't in the master vendor file is actually there. They just didn't find it. Maybe they spelled the name wrong. Maybe they used an abbreviation when they shouldn't have. Whatever. There's a million reasons why they might not find a vendor who's there. But if they sent it over to someone whose main job or part of their main job is to set up vendors, they are more likely to get it done. Okay. If at your organization, your processes are setting up the vendors, this is a no-no. You don't have appropriation of duties. You're going to end up almost inevitably, with duplicate vendors in the master vendor file. Duplicate vendors in the master vendor file by themselves can lead to fraud or duplicate payments, which as we know, vendors are not apt to return, but it also facilitates fraud, not only because of the duplicate vendor issue, but because your processor may have decided to play games with somebody associated with them. So processes should not, absolutely should not be setting up vendors in the master vendor file. You don't have enough folks in your accounts payable department, and many people don't because accounts payable teams have been getting smaller and smaller. Then this might be a function that is given to another unit in the accounting department, maybe somebody in treasury, whatever. Somebody else should be doing it. Somebody who will take the matter seriously. And speaking of fraud, and these frauds, by the way, when they occur, and there have been a number of stories about them, cost companies millions of dollars. That's typically non-recoverable. But speaking of fraud, 
This is not the only way that the vendor file can facilitate fraud. It's not the only practice. There are others. And we recently did a broadcast on this issue. You can watch it right now using the link that will appear momentarily on your screen on YouTube and is in the show notes below if you're listening to a podcast, for example. As always, we appreciate your thumbs up, your subscribes, your shares, and your comments. And again, a big thank you from me if you've taken the time to give us a thumbs up or a comment. Good luck.